اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم انما انڈیڈ اونلی یو مینو ہی بلیوز بی آیاتینا ان آور ورسز اونلی دوز پیپل بلیو ان آور ورسز وچ پیپل پیپل ہو ہیو دا کوالٹیز دیٹ آر ڈسکرائبڈ اوور ہیئر دوز ہو ٹرولی بلیو ان دا ورسز آف اللہ آر ہو الدین دوز ہو ادا وین دکھیرو بیہا دے آر ریمائنڈیڈ ود اٹ دے آر ریمائنڈیڈ آف اٹ میننگ دوز ہو وین دے آر ریمائنڈیڈ ود دی آیات آف اللہ وچ آیات آیات کونی آیات شرعی ودر دے آر دا ورسز آف دا قرآن اور ادر آیات When they are reminded of the ayat of Allah. Look at the word dhukkiru from tadkir. Tadkir is to remind. So when they are reminded of, meaning someone is reminding them of Allah's ayat. Why is someone reminding them? Because they knew but they forgot. And does that happen with us? We learn, for example, an ayah of the Quran, but then we forget about it. And we forget not that it existed or that It's there or it's meaning. We know it's meaning, but we forgot. Meaning we weren't thinking about it. We weren't thinking about it in the situation that we were in. We overlooked it. We didn't pay attention to it. We didn't reflect on it. So somebody brought it to our attention. إِذَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهَا When they're reminded of the ayat of Allah. And another meaning could also be understood as that you see as Muslims we believe in all of the ayat of Allah. This is Iman Mujmal. We believe in all of the ayat. We believe in the whole Quran. But just because we believe in it doesn't mean we remember it all. We know it all. We understand it all. Right? So dhukkiru biha meaning when they are taught of it. When they are informed of it. So idha dhukkiru biha whether it's New knowledge or a reminder of what they knew previously, basically when the ayat of Allah are brought to their attention, when the Qur'an is recited before them, what is their reaction? Kharru, They fall. They fall. Kharru from khurur, kha, ra, ra. Khurur is to fall down without any order. Okay? Without any order. You see, for example, if you're deciding to just, you know, fall on your bed. Okay, you're standing there and you're deciding to fall on your bed. How is it that you're going to fall? You're looking at where you're going to go and then you have your elbow all ready and you make sure that, you know, your computer or anything is not in the way. So that's planned falling. Khurur is unplanned. You weren't thinking about it. You didn't even think that it would happen. So kharru, they fall down. Why? This was uncontrollable. This was spontaneous. This was like an uncontrollable reaction. So what's the reaction? When they hear the verses of Allah, they just fall. They don't stand where they're standing arrogantly. They just fall. Fall how? Sujjadan, as one's prostrating. Sujjadan, plural of the word sajid. And sajda, prostration, what does it symbolize? Humility, surrender. That, oh Allah, I am small. 
You are akbar. That, oh Allah, I am in need. I am faqir. And you are the ghani. I don't know. You know. Sajda is what? We're making ourselves the smallest possible that we can before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Smallest possible that we can. Because what are we putting on the ground? Our forehead. Our face. This is what we're doing. And when we are in the state of sajda, that is the state in which we are closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So kharru sujjadan, they fall down in prostration. And in their sujood, what do they do? وَسَبَّحُوا بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ And they do tasbih of their Lord. How? By mentioning His hamd. They glorify Allah. They mention His greatness, His perfection. How? By praising Him. وَهُمْ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ And they are not arrogant. These are who? People who truly believe in the ayat of Allah. This is what this ayah is describing. That when true believers in the ayat of Allah are reminded of the Qur'an, when they're taught of something in the Qur'an, their reaction is of instant submission and humility. It is not of pride. They surrender to Allah's order, admitting their own deficiencies, acknowledging Allah's perfection. So when we look at this ayah, it's teaching us what it means to believe in the ayat of Allah. That first of all, Dhukiru, they're reminded. So believing in the ayat of Allah means first of all, taking reminder, taking a lesson from the Qur'an also. That when we listen to the Qur'an, we analyze ourselves in the light of those verses. We're not thinking about others, we're not thinking about the problems that exist in the world, we're thinking about who? Me. Me. This is how each and every one of us needs to approach the book of Allah. That what is there in the book of Allah for me? What am I lacking in? What is it that I need to work on? Analyzing oneself. Secondly, kharru, they fall down. What does that show? That they admit their fault. So we need to admit our faults also. Because the Quran is like a mirror. It shows you your true self. The Qur'an is like a mirror, it shows you where your deficiencies are, and where you are beautiful, where you are ugly, where you need to correct yourself, what you need to fix. Doesn't the mirror do that for you? Doesn't it do that for you? Why is it that we spend so long standing in front of the mirror, checking, constantly checking? Hijab from the side and from the other side and from the top and around. everywhere. Why is it that we have to stare into the mirror so often? Because we need to see how we look. Because we can't see ourselves, we need the help of a mirror. So the Qur'an also shows us where we are lacking, what we need to improve in. You know, for example, the ayat of Surah Luqman that we learned, the advice of Luqman. This is basically advice for who? For every single one of us. Many times these verses are used to teach children. But I think before teaching children, we need to teach ourselves, we need to think about ourselves. So, Kharu, they admit their fault, admitting one's deficiencies, places that we need to improve. And then thirdly, sujjadan, prostration, falling down in prostration to Allah. And prostration, what does that signify? Humility, surrender, acceptance. This is also a part of iman in Allah's ayat. That a person accepts what Allah has said is haq, what Allah has said is true. 
The problem is in me. I need to fix myself. I need to improve myself. And then after sujjadan, in sajda, what do they do? Fourthly, sabbahu, tasbih, gratitude to Allah. For what? For this knowledge, for this reminder, for this realization that I am lacking in this. I need to improve in this. You see, there's two types of reactions that we can have when somebody tells us of our mistakes. Either we can get offended that who on earth are you to tell me? Have you seen your own faults? And the other reaction is, thank you. Thank you. Now the thing is that if somebody tells us about some you know, deficiency in our akhlaq, in our manner, we get offended. We get very defensive there. Like for example, you know, if you did the activity that I told you, that tell a child about the advice of Luqman, and the last one in that advice was, do not shout because the worst of all sounds is the sound of the braying of a donkey. Now if you tell a child about that, what is he going to be doing? Constantly checking you. So if a child says to you, you were shouting. We can get very offended over there. Generally we do. Somebody tells us, you were shouting, what would we do? Give a whole list of reasons and justifications. Isn't it? But if on the other hand, somebody tells us, there's something stuck between your teeth. No, seriously. A physical deficiency, a physical problem, if somebody tells us about it, wipe your nose. Somebody says, there's something on your hijab. Something's on your face. What do we say? Thank you. Isn't it? We thank other people because they helped us identify a physical problem. Now the thing is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't look at our surah. That's not something that's really valuable before Him. What He sees is what? إِلَىٰ قُلُوبِكُمْ وَأَعْمَالِكُمْ Our hearts and our actions. So, if somebody is telling us about our deficiencies, we don't need to get offended over there. And especially in the Qur'an, if we see the Qur'an is showing us our faults, the Qur'an is exposing to us our problems, our faults, then we need to be grateful to Allah. Thank you Allah for this Qur'an. All praise to you, O Allah. Alhamdulillah. So, sabbahu bihamdi rabbihim. This is of shukr. This is out of gratitude. Wahum la yastakbirun. And the fifth is, la yastakbirun. They're not arrogant. They're not arrogant, meaning they're not arrogant to believe in the ayat, to follow what they have been reminded of. In Surah Al-Furqan, Ayah 73, Allah says about Ibadul Rahman that وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِّرُوا بِآيَاتِ رَبِّهِمْ لَمْ يَخِرُّوا عَلَيْهَا صُمًّا وَعُمْيَانًا Those who when they're reminded of the ayat of their Lord, they don't fall deaf and blind. No. They take benefit. So every single one of us needs to check. And each person needs to think about themselves. That how do I react upon hearing something from the Qur'an? What is my reaction? Does it lead me to self-analysis, personal reflection? Or is it that I'm thinking, oh, there must be some interpretation to this. You know, it's not possible to do this today. You know, there must be a different opinion out there. You know, this is irrelevant. This is impossible. What is going on in our minds when we hear something of the Qur'an? Does it lead to self-improvement or does it lead to 
defensiveness. What is our reaction? Those who truly believe, Allah says, they surrender, they just fall. And the one who doesn't fall, the one who doesn't show gratitude, the one who remains there arrogantly, then it means that he doesn't truly believe in the ayat of Allah. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, لا تجادلوا بالقرآن Do not argue through the Qur'an. Meaning when you have some debate, some discussion, some argument, don't use the verses of the Qur'an to refute other verses. Parts of the Qur'an to refute other parts. Don't do that. And he said that, فَوَاللَّهِ إِنَّ الْمُؤْمِنَ لَيُجَادِلُ بِالْقُرْآنِ فَيُغْلَبُ the believer, when he argues, when he's in an argument, in a discussion, and he's using evidences from the Qur'an, what happens to the believer? He's defeated. Why is he defeated? Because when the other party is going to use an evidence from the Qur'an, what is he going to do? خَرُّ سُجَّدًا Right? And he said, but the munafiq, the hypocrite, when he debates using the Qur'an, then what happens? فَيَغْلِبُ Then he defeats. He defeats the other. Why? Because he will even say something to refute an ayah of the Qur'an. Because there's no submissiveness over there. What is over there? There's only istikbal. Now the thing is that when we come across different ayat in the Qur'an, when we learn about our deficiencies in the light of the Qur'an, we identify our weaknesses. And we realize that yes, I need to work on this. I need to fix this in myself. And it's hard. Nobody's saying it's easy. It is very difficult. You know, for example, changing the manner of our speech, it's not easy. We're so used to shouting, converting that to gentle speech is going to take time. Likewise, criticism, showing ingratitude, complaining, this is easy. Choosing to show gratitude, this is difficult. Expressing gratitude is difficult. Changing our habits is not easy. It is difficult. But one is that we blame ourselves. Right? We take responsibility for ourselves. And we make the intention to change ourselves. We beg for Allah's help in order to improve ourselves. And this is something good. But the other is that we say, no, no, this is impossible. There is no way that I can change myself. Oh, I don't change. This is just who I am. Like it or not, this is just how I am. So what we need to realize is that we have to change ourselves, not the Qur'an. Assalamu alaikum. So I wanted to share an experience. Uh, my mom, when she gets upset with us or she's irritated, I notice that our reaction is usually to just like be quiet and like go away in our room or something. But one time me and my sister, uh, we decided to say, like she was really upset. She, was, she wasn't talking to us. So we went and we hugged her and we said, we started saying I love you. And the first few times, she just ignored us. After fifth time, she gave us the most dazzling smile that you could get. And it amazed me that she was so upset like five minutes ago, and now she's smiling and talking with us. So just that change of attitude, it's amazing, yes. the results. And it takes time. But you see, it is possible that we have difficulty in changing ourselves, but we cannot change the Qur'an. It is part of humility to accept our difficulties. But to deny the Qur'an, that is pride. So true believers in the ayat of Allah, who are they? الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهَا 
What's the ayah? خَرُّ سُجَّدًا And then they thank Allah that you showed me my deficiencies. وَسَبَّحُوا بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ And سَبَّحُوا بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ also is an acknowledgement that Allah, your Qur'an is perfect. The problem is in us. Your Qur'an is perfect. وَهُمْ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ And they're not arrogant to believe. They're not arrogant to change. You know, Umar anhu, his examples are mentioned of how humble he was when the Qur'an was mentioned. How humble he was. That when the Qur'an was recited, that's it. It's as if it doesn't matter who we are, who I am, what I used to say. It doesn't matter. If Allah's word is there, then my word doesn't matter. This is the submission that we need to bring. And you see, every now and then there are situations where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tests us. Where we are challenged to even question our theology, our belief, the Qur'an. So we need to believe in the Qur'an unapologetically. You know, seriously, we need to believe in the Qur'an without feeling apologetic. This is Allah's word. This is Allah's speech. And I'm not going to be sorry for what is in the Qur'an because I believe in it. I'm not going to be sorry for that. I don't need to be sorry for that. Yes, I'm going to use my wisdom in uh, understanding the verses and in the application of the verses, but don't tell me to change the Qur'an because that's not changing. You know, for example, people will question that, for example, in the current situation that Muslims are in hmm, worldwide, how do you handle controversial topics in the Qur'an? Now, what's the question over here? Is it that are we agreeing with those topics? Are we watering them down? Are we changing them? Are we leaving them out? Like the Bani Israel did, they removed parts of the book, they changed parts of the book just to please others. Do you want us to do that? No, we're not going to do that. We're not going to change our book. We're not changing it. This is Allah's speech. It is haqq. Right? But we do use our reason and think about where we are living, what's in the book, which part of it is applicable given where we are, and how do we understand it in the greater context? So for example, if there is a problem that people have with, for example, as part of Islam, as Muslims, do we agree with homosexuality for instance? No, as a Muslim, I don't agree with that. I don't. But given the context that we live in, the country that we live in, you have your right and I have my right. Right? You have your right and I have my right. I'm not going to spread hatred for you. I'm not going to show hatred to you because you are granted the freedom that you've been granted in the country that you live in. If you think about it, in the Muslim states, we see people were allowed to practice their religions. If that is allowed, then why not this? And this is not even a, you know, a Muslim majority country. Just as an example, I'm telling you. So what we need to realize is the Quran is not changing. Okay? The Quran is not changing. However, we need to, of course, use our wisdom and see how to live the Qur'an. But don't tell us to change our theology. That's not what we're going to do. So before we're even like like firm with the Qur'an, we need to actually believe that the Qur'an is from Allah and have full conviction that it is. I take a philosophy course at high school and nowadays we're covering philosophy and religion and so we were talking about rationality and stuff and like basically we were playing a game where we had to see if our religious beliefs were like 
contradicting each other. So I was playing the game with a partner, and it was on the computer. She was atheist and Muslim, and so uh, she was like, but there's no proof for religions and this and that. And she's like, how do you know your religion is true? And I was like, well, there's the Quran. And then she's like, no, you don't have any proof. And I was like, actually, I do. I have a, a book that I follow. And then she's like, but where did that book come from? Who wrote it? And how do you know it's right? And I was like, well, if you look at just the way it's written, you know that no human could write it that way. So that's my proof right there. And then the, all the creation around us and stuff. And like, she was just so blown away by that and she was like what you can actually like take that as a proof but she's like but that's not scientific but, and she kept continuing but the fact that I actually had a firm answer threw her off and we need to be firm in what we believe in and totally exactly. be like exactly confidence in our book that tanzeelul kitab la rayba fihi min rabbil alameen this is revelation from who? From who? From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. La rayba fi. There is no doubt in it. This is factual. This is haq. So we need to stop doubting the book of Allah. And we don't need to change our theology. We don't need to change our kitab. We don't need to change it. What we need to change is who? Ourselves. And of course we have to employ the wisdom that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us to see what is relevant where, how much, in what quantity, and then go step by step. So those who truly believe in the ayat of Allah, they know that this is the haqq, and as a result, خَرُّوا سُجَّدًا وَسَبَّحُوا بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ وَهُمْ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ They are not arrogant at all. Rather they are submissive, they are humble. Because this life is temporary, it is short. This is our only chance our only chance to make a place in Jannah for ourselves. And how is that done? By believing in Allah, by surrendering to Allah, by submitting to Him, not by being arrogant. So, وَهُمْ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ تَتَجَافَى جُنُوبُهُمْ Their junub, their sides, what happens to their sides? تَتَجَافَى It keeps away. Tatajafa is from the root letters jim fa yeah. And it's a very interesting word. What's the translation that you have? Okay. They forsake, remain withdrawn. Any other translation? Okay. So basically, tajafi is a turk. Okay, to leave something. To forsake. Okay, to leave something. But you see, sometimes you leave something because you want to. You're just happy. Finally, I can leave it. Right? Uh, then you leave something. Why? Because you dislike it. And sometimes you have a mixed feeling. That you like it, but you know that you can't be with it. Isn't it? So for example, your phone. It's like you cannot leave it. Isn't it? So what happens? You are in your bed and you're using your phone. You're in your class and you're using your phone. So before you go to bed, you're like, you know what? I have to put it away. I have to put it away. So you leave it somewhere outside your room. Which is amazing if you do that. So you leave it there, and you've got mixed feelings. You're leaving it while getting angry at your phone, that this thing kills my time, this thing uses me too much. Right? And at the same time, you're happy that you're feeling free. 
So this is tajafi. That you leave something, you leave something because you loathe it, you dislike it. But of course, there is a level of comfort in it also. Hmm? That if you were to have it, you would enjoy it. And sometimes you hate something because you're using it too much, you're enjoying it too much. Like for example, you love chocolate, you eat it too much, and then it upsets you. It upsets your system. So what happens? You're like, I love chocolate, but I hate it. It's a love-hate relationship. Isn't it? I hate it because I love it too much. Right? I love my friend, but I I also have problems with her because I spend too much time with her. The more time I spend with her, the more problems I get into. So this is tajafi. تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ They shun their beds, they avoid their beds, they drift away from their beds. And you know the word tajafi? تَجَافَ السَّرَجَ عَنْ ظَهْرِ الْفَرَسِ تَجَافَ السَّرَجَ Saraj is basically saddle. Saddle on a camel, on a horse. Have you ever seen it? Have you ever sat on it? Have you ever seen how it's strapped all the way around? Right? It's really fixed in place. But then what happens over time? It kind of moves away from its proper place. It drifts away. Right? It kind of moves to one side, starts falling from one side. So this is the jafi when the saddle gets dislocated. It drifts away from its actual place. Okay? So, تَتَجَافَ جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِرِ Junub, plural of jump, side. Now where does your side belong? Where should it be? In the madajir. Madajir is a plural of madjar. Madjar is a place of lying down, a place of rest, a place of sleeping. So technically, at night time, or when you're tired after the whole day, where is it that your side should be? Where is its actual place? In the bed. That is where you have to be. When you're tired at night, you're supposed to be where? Where are you supposed to be? In bed. So if somebody sees you in the living room, eating popcorn, watching TV, they're going to tell you, what are you doing here? You need to be in bed. If you're exhausted after the whole day, your mom sees you in the living room, she says, okay, lie down on the couch. Don't sit, lie down. You're tired, you're unwell. So, because when you're tired, your side belongs in the bed. And how comfortable you are in your bed. Because that's where you should be. But those who truly believe in the ayat of Allah, what happens to them? They move away from their bed. They drift away from their bed. They get dislocated from their beds. It's as if they cannot stay in their bed. They should be because they're tired. But there's something more enjoyable that is calling them out of their bed. There's something more pleasing more beneficial that makes them leave their bed and go. And what is that? يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ يَدْعُونَ They call upon رَبَّهُمْ their Lord. How? خَوْفًا in fear وَطَّمَعًا and in hope. So it's the meeting with Allah that makes true believers in the Qur'an leave their beds. So they cannot stay in bed. Has it ever happened with you that you're worried about something, you're anxious? So you keep waking up in the night. You keep waking up. Every hour or two. And then eventually you say, you know what? Forget about it. So you just get out of your bed and you go do something. Whether it is that you read something on your phone or you go clean or you go 
eat or you go talk or you check something on the computer, you do something else. Because your worries pulled you away from your bed. So those who believe in the Qur'an, what pulls them away from their beds? Dua. Dua. Because they want to make dua to Allah. What kind of dua? With fear and with hope. Fear of who? Fear of Allah. Why? Because of what they have done. On recognizing our own deficiencies, our own weaknesses. Tama'an, hope. Hope in who? Hope in who? Again in Allah. Fear of Allah and hope also in Allah. Hope of what? His reward, His forgiveness, His help. Because in the last third of the night, what do we learn from hadith? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descends to the lowest heaven asking, is there anybody who wants forgiveness so I can forgive him? Is there anyone who's sick so I can cure him? Is there anyone who wants something so I can give that to him? Allah is calling. You see there's a dua from Allah, a call from Allah. So some people they cannot stay in bed. They're pulled away from their beds. And they go call upon Allah. Wamimma And from that which razaqnahum, We have provided them. Yunfiqun they spend. Meaning in the night also they spend secretly. And alhamdulillah these days it's not difficult to spend in the night secretly. Spending in charity in the night is not difficult these days, alhamdulillah, with so many options of donations online. Really. وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ And also, in the morning, once they arise, they spend out of what they have given. So, this is the life of those who truly believe in the ayat of Allah. We think believing in the Qur'an means being very, you know, overzealous and calling everybody kafir, bid'ati, munafiq, this, that. No. True iman in the ayat of Allah makes you focus on who? On yourself. Weak iman, superficial knowledge, makes a person focused on who? On others. She has this problem, he has that problem, this organization has that problem, this imam, this sheikh has that problem, and this government has that problem, that government has that problem, and these Muslims are such and those Muslims are such. Pointing fingers constantly. True iman makes a person focus on himself. Because true iman makes you see your own problems. And when you see your own problems, you cannot dare to speak about the problems that are in other people. You can't do that. When you see your own weaknesses, your own deficiencies, your own failures, then how can you talk about the failures of others? So true belief in the Qur'an makes you strive towards self-improvement. It makes you get out of your bed and turn to Allah seeking His help. Khawf of Allah, that, Oh Allah, I made this mistake. Oh Allah, I have this problem in me, this weakness in me. And then tama'an hope also, Oh Allah, you help me fix it. You can forgive me. You can help me overcome my bad akhlaq. خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ They spend in the way of Allah. They give to others. When they think about others, they're not thinking about the problems in others, but they're thinking about how they can help others. Again, we need to check ourselves that with the knowledge of the Qur'an that I have, 
What is my focus on? Is it myself or is it others? When it comes to problems and deficiencies, I need to see my own. And when it comes to giving, helping, I need to think about giving to who? Others. It is said a man asked, Ali radiallahu anhu, that how do I know whether I'm a person of dunya or akhirah? You know, how do I know where my heart really is? Is it attached to the dunya? Is it attached to the akhirah? He said, how do you feel when somebody brings you a gift? And how do you feel when a beggar comes to you? When somebody brings you a gift, you feel happy. But is that happiness more than how you feel when a beggar comes and you have the opportunity to give him? If you are more happy when you're receiving, that means you are the person of dunya. And when you're happy, when you have a chance to give, then that means you're the person of what? Of akhirah. So what do we see over here? True believers in the Qur'an, they don't remain frozen dead in their beds. They move from their beds. They distance themselves from their beds. It's like they like their beds, but they know that their beds are also big problems in their lives. Too comfortable. Even though the bed, the sleep is one of the most dearing things to them, and this is true, that as human beings, of the most dearest things to us in life is what? Sleep. I remember recently I heard somebody saying that, you know, there is no sleep in Jannah. So she said that I wonder how, because, uh, you know, sleep is a blessing. You know, being able to sleep is a blessing. So I wonder how it's gonna be. Inshallah it'll be good, not uh, sleeping, but sleep is a blessing. And then our money, the things that we have, even they are a blessing. But what do we learn? لَن تَنَالُوا الْبِرَّ حَتَّى تُنْفِقُوا مِمَّا تُحِبُّونَ Those who are truly affected by the Qur'an, those who are truly enchanted by the Qur'an, who are they? They are those who give up part of what is most beloved to them. And what is that? It's their sleep. It's not their relationships. Be careful here because we think, I love the Qur'an. And you know what? I haven't seen my cousins in like two years. Because I love the Qur'an. You sacrifice your sleep to spend time with the Qur'an. You don't sacrifice the haq that others have on you. You understand? Because the proper etiquette is, how do you stay connected with the Qur'an? In the hours of the night. That is how you keep the Qur'an with yourself. So love and faith, what do they demand? Sacrifice, with sacrifice of sleep and of our money. Yes, it's difficult, but let's make the intention and ask Allah for tawfiq. These are the true believers in the Qur'an. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst them. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. إِنَّمَا يُؤْمِنُ بِآيَاتِنَا الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِّرُوا بِهَا خَرُّوا سُجَّدًا وَسَبَّحُوا بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ خَرُّوا سُجَّدًا وَسَبَّحُوا بِحَمْدِ رَبِّهِمْ وَهُمْ لَا يَسْتَكْبِرُونَ تَتَجَافَى جُنُوبُهُمْ عَنِ الْمَضَاجِعِ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ خَوْفًا وَطَمَعًا وَمِمَّا رَزَقْنَاهُمْ يُنْفِقُونَ فَلَا تَعْلَمُ نَفْسٌ مَّا أُخْفِي 